0: News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation, and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Macias Show, guys. I'm coming to you a day late, not a dollar short. I don't know where that saying comes from. I'll do some research. I'll let you know later. But I'm coming to you a day later than normally with our second episode of the week. And that's because I have been on the road. I've been in North Texas. I've been in Austin. Back and forth. I was actually home Tuesday night. I got there at 1130. My kids are already asleep. The next morning, I'm up. I'm putting my suit on. I'm heading back up to Austin. And my daughter comes in the room at like 655. And she sees me putting on a suit. And she knows I'm not staying home that day, right? Working from home. And so she says, hey, are you going are you going back to Dallas? Dallas is all of North Texas to my daughter. Okay. Are you going back to Dallas? She asked. uh, And I told her, no, I'm going to Austin, but I'm going to be gone today and tomorrow. And then she said, are you going to leave without cuddling with me at all? And so I was like, oh my gosh, it's 6.55 in the morning. I'm trying to get there early. But guys, she's a way better salesman than anybody else. And so I cuddle with her for five minutes. And then I said, I got to go. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I hate it when you leave me for the entire week. That's what she said. And so it reminded me how much of a sacrifice all of the conservative lawmakers are making when they're in Austin fighting every single day. There aren't a ton of them, but the ones that are there, they are literally giving up days and weeks. And y'all, those of you who come down, I was there this week. The state Republican executive committee was in there lobbying all across the Capitol, pushing this Republic, these Republican policies, these conservative policies, the priorities. Many of them foregoing entire three, four, five-day chunks with their family. So look, this is a sacrificial time, and hopefully it is going to yield some fruit at the end of the legislative session. Guys, during the rules debate, there was an interesting amendment that was brought forward that said that committee chairman could not establish speech codes in their committee. It was very simple. It basically just said, look, lawmakers can say whatever they want. They, you know, you can't have chairman telling them what they could or couldn't say. Now, Dade Phelan did not want people to vote on that. He did not want, he wanted to protect the members from actually saying whether or not they thought that there should be speech codes. And he wanted to stop conservatives like Tony Tinderholt or Brian Slayton or Nate Schatzline or Brian Harrison or any of these guys from having victories there in the rules. The rules are very different than a bill. Here's what you have to understand a bill is a piece of policy, it's harder to control, but the rules are leadership. They are reflective of leadership. And so this is much more of a direct assault on leadership. So they're saying, I think it was Tony Tinderell who offered the amendment, but he and Brian had a bunch of these amendments. So I I can't go back and, I mean, I could go back, but I'm not going to take the time to go back and see which one it is. But there's this amendment and Speaker Feeling killed it. And he, on a point of order so that nobody would have to vote on it. And he said, you know, this, this violates some rule that he manipulated. Then in walks Victoria Niave one of the Democrat chairs, and the Democrat chair that has been given the most conservative uh, Republicans on our committee, Nate Schatzlein, Brian Slayton, and Tony Tenderholt, all who voted against Dade Phelan have all been put on this committee that is seen as a committee that doesn't handle as many big issues as state affairs and ways and means and appropriations. So what do we take away from their first committee? Well, I'll let y'all I'll let y'all find out for yourselves. Let's go to
1: the clip. The chair recognizes Representative Tenderholt. Thank you, Madam Chair. Is that... I heard you say Texans. Is that Texans or does it include illegal immigrants that come across as well? Are you counting any of those whatsoever? If, they, if they're if they living in a house, they knock the door, and they live there, whether they're a resident or not, does that include that number? And or not sorry, included? before you answer. Please. I don't know the answer. Okay, no. Before you answer, so I... We can have a conversation offline, but that term illegal immigrants is just. Well want to keep hold on. make they're,
0: sure that we're here
1: illegally meet, they're here illegally we're not and they gonna are immigrants to america I, I didn't say that to bring mountains. up an argument. no I or a discussion. know but we're trying to have a start off on the right I asked here. a very passive question, chairwoman it's not, I, it, it's that not is, is a simple it, no no wait 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 that's a simple term and it's legal it's, and it's ethical it's, and it wasn't meant to stir anything up and I'm getting frustrated it's they're illegal immigrants, and I just asked a simple question are they okay are they the people that are counted on there are they Texans? Or is uh, the reason I want to know is, is the population increasing due to people moving from other states, coming from Mexico? That's a better way to ask it. Do you know? So, yes, Representative Terhold. So the census does not ask questions around you know legal whether one is here legally or illegally so it's raw numbers this so it's know. raw numbers okay. yes sir and, and that's all it was. And, like. and that yeah, absolutely so it could be a combination of international migration uh nat- uh domestic migration from other states okay and we measure also births and deaths so it's it's all of that net population okay. so right yes sir. And, and i'm going to ask the members to keep their remarks on we're going to try to not have politicized discussions right now, especially at our first. Meeting, I hear you and presented. I agree, but I'm not going to we- have anyone dictate the terms I use or don't use. No, period. We will have a discussion happen. afterwards, but I'm, we're calling order in this meeting. So you may proceed. Thank you.
0: Well, there it is. It's incredible that these, these conservatives that, you know, insiders in Austin, the swamp will tell you they don't know how this works. They don't get the system. They don't understand. And then come to find out, they actually get the system quite well. They know exactly what's going on and they know what's gonna go on. You can't say the term illegal immigrant in county affairs. Are you kidding me, Victoria Niave? The media has an agenda and having seen behind the curtain, I can tell you it's not what's in your best interests. That's why I started the Salcedo Storm podcast every weekday. Real Talk for Real Texans, the Salcedo Storm podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is why you shouldn't have Democrat chairmen. This is one of a million reasons why you should not have Democrat chairs in the Texas House of Representatives. Yes, there are less, and that's good. But there need to be even fewer, because this kind of stuff is still going to happen as long as we take these Marxists and say, hey, you're given." the keys to the kingdom of this particular area of policy and over these particular lawmakers i'm glad tony tinderholt asked a simple question cuz it brought to light the problems of the session we cannot acquiesce to democrats this session guys it cannot happen i will tell you the texas public policy foundation had a their policy summit And I attended uh, about half of it. And the half I attended, I learned a lot, got to hear from different people, got to see a lot of different conservatives who were there. I attended the Dade Phelan keynote and did not attend Dan Patrick's keynote, which was later in the afternoon yesterday on Thursday. But I can tell you that Dade took direct jabs at Dan Patrick in his speech. And uh, I think Dan laid the gauntlet down to the house as well. Uh, Dade, when he was talking about criminal justice reform, basically said, hey, our rule with criminal justice reform in the Texas House is simple. We're just going to pass every single bill that Dan Patrick killed last session. Or that the Texas Senate killed last session, Is I think a direct quote that he used. He said, if it's good enough for us and TPPF, Donald Trump, it's good enough for the Texas Senate. Now, here's the truth. I am Appreciative as a whole of the Senate's take to criminal justice reform over the houses, okay? The Texas Senate is more law and order, and the Texas House is more bipartisan, Democrat-Republican criminal justice reform, okay? Uh, And I'm not here to, right now, dissect each individual policy, but I'm telling you, as a whole, conservatives should be grateful that the Senate has acted as a break on the criminal justice reform movement. That's a healthy thing and something we should be grateful for. Dan Patrick said that if the Texas House does not kill school choice, that he will make sure we come back for a special session and that he is not making summer plans because he's not sure they're going to do it. And if they don't, he's ready to come back again and again and again. This is bringing about the continued tension and eventual collision course between these two chambers. Dade Phelan rolled out his property tax proposal, which I will tell you um, ups the ante. So we've been overly critical, I would say overall, we've been critical of property tax relief and reform as a whole. So let me just remind you of the math there's a $33 billion surplus. Conservatives have asked that 20 billion of that 33 billion be returned to Texas taxpayers. Greg Abbott has said that at least half of it needs to be returned, which is 16 and a half billion. Okay? The current Senate and House their initial plans had less than 10 billion dollars in property tax relief, but they decided that they were going to go back and count last session's relief and say, "Well, if we keep that public school funding going, then we're going to count it too." which is not new relief. It's old relief that they're still funding, which they're still funding a bunch of old relief that they've delivered over the years, and they're not counting that either. They shouldn't count it here. So they're saying we have this new relief. So what are they going to do with that is the question. The House and the Senate both had about $9.7 billion in property tax relief, Greg Abbott said he wanted 16 and a half. Now, Greg Abbott's kind of letting him double dip as well into last session. So he's kind of basically saying that they have more or less reached his number. Unfortunately, they've all kind of agreed we're going to count this old property tax relief that we keep funding as new relief. But within the House proposal overall, here's what you need to know. Conservatives have said we got to get at least 20 of that $33 billion. Both chambers have said you're going to get 9.7 and they have slightly different ways of giving you that 9.7. Dade Phelan has now come in and said, actually, I want to raise that to closer to 12, okay? So he's gone from 10, just under 10 to just over 12 or just under 12. Look, I didn't get my college degree, so bear with me here. But he basically has increased it at least $2 billion, so that is now more overall relief than what the Senate is talking about doing. And then there's also this disagreement. Bear with me for a second. But there's a disagreement in exactly how to do it because 5 to $6 billion is going to be compression, which is kind of the best way of giving property tax relief overall. And then there's these other two proposals, which is a 5% cap. So currently your homestead, if you have a homestead exemption on your home, Your taxes can only go up 10% a year, even if your appraisal goes up 70%. Some of you have like built-in 10% increases for the next five years just because of the delta between your taxable value and your appraised value. Dade Phelan wants to cap that at 5% and then he wants to to apply it to all property. Okay? So to give you a perspective, Dade Phelan's plan is way better for me because I have rental homes. I have my home. When our rental homes... Appraisal goes up 60%. Our taxes go up 60%, depending on if the rate changes or not, right? So I realize all of those appraisal increases on those other homes I have. So if you're looking at what's best for Luke Macias, Dade Phelan's plan. And then Dan Patrick has said, I want to do a property tax compression. And then I have a homestead exemption. Now, a homestead exemption is better as a whole for homeowners, as a whole for homeowners. And it would benefit most homeowners, the less expensive your property is, right? Because it's a dollar figure, it's not a percentage. So it's like, hey, we're going to increase the homestead exemption tens of thousands of dollars. So if you have a $200,000 home in rural Texas or in the South side of San Antonio, then this is going to help you a lot more than if you have a $500,000 home in the north side of San Antonio, in the suburbs, or a nicer home out in rural Texas. But overall, it's going to concentrate more of that relief on homeowners and less of it spread out. So the question that we're going to be asking and letting you know is, what does that overall number end up at? Because here's the truth, no matter what we do, if we're tinkering around $12 billion of relief with a $33 billion surplus, it's not that impressive. It's not that remarkable. And you as a whole are going to pay more property taxes over the long run. And there is no pathway to elimination even being talked about. No discussion on that whatsoever. There's a lot more going on, but I want to let y'all wrap up this episode quickly and get to your weekend. God bless you. I will come to you next week with more information, and God bless Texas.
1: Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.